Well, this week on Reliving the Extreme, we are reviewing the episode of ECW from December the 27th, 1994. Nate Maxson here with you along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And of course, ECW's own Chad Austin. Yep, here I am. Here is Who is also featured on this week's show. We, we'll see him and talk about that a little bit later on. Um, so we don't have any questions or wiki or anything? No, we have wiki. I'm going to do oh. a paragraph of the Wikipedia. The Chad Austin Wikipedia page continues... <laughs> when I know. Are we're gonna stop like what's the matter with them before we went before we went on the air for a little bonus that i'll that i'll put up at some point we were talking about frankie williams frankie williams doesn't even have a wikipedia page but chad has a lengthy wikipedia page so oh. there's something you can brag about i guess no i'll never be as good as bad as frankie williams and you'll never be from columbus ohio no no i mean alexa bliss look at her she stole his gimmick She's claiming that she's from Columbus, Ohio. I'm like, there's nobody from Columbus, Ohio more famous than Frankie Williams. Stop. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. They thought about changing the name at one point to Williams, Ohio. They didn't do it, but they thought about it. They did. I mean, they tried to pass the the law, the the deal, but I guess the the, uh, widower, the widow of uh, Frank Williams couldn't get it done. They just didn't want that much tourist attention. They were like, we can't handle that. I mean, imagine that the bronze statue they would have to me <laughs> for the town square jobber square <laughs> he's in just the standing there with his arms all slumped just standing there wearing the big fucking what do they call it the butcher singlet or whatever you know he's got his singlet on he's just standing there with his mustache yeah. and they then put his off, they put his statue off in like a shaded area and they just call it like the ham bone hideaway yeah it's where the pigeons go bask in the mediocrity yeah, that's pretty much about it. Well, on Chad's Wikipedia page, we've moved into the year 2004 now. Chad returned to the NWL to participate in a fundraising event for wrestler Adam Helsley, who was severely injured in a car accident the previous year, where he wrestled the dynamic sensation at, I love this name, Paw Paw High School in Paw Paw, West Virginia on May 8th. What Paul- was the guy? What was the guy's name? The guy that had the accident was Adam Helsley. I wrestled him? No, he, he wrestled. Oh, he died. He wrestled Dynamic Sensation. But the great what thing fuck? is, Paw Paw, West Virginia. I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't remember that one. Dude, I used to love going to Paw Paw. It was so hobonk, so backwoods. It was just so bad. And if I'm not mistaken, there was either a strip club on the parking lot or somewhere around there. The kind of strip club where you get to see the C-section scars, probably. Oh, yeah. It, it had, like, midgets and oddities. All the, all, other towns, all the other towns around it are telling us where, tell us where Paw Paw touched you. Paw Paw, man. I'm telling you, I had a lot of good, I had a lot of good <laughs> times in Paw Paw. I remember wrestling Mickey James there. Um... Jesus. I mean, I, I used to wrestle because for that guy who ran Paul Paul, I was kind of a bigger name. So, and I'm just thinking like, why do you have me working all these fucking, you know, band hammers and, you know, all these big name guys when I should be wrestling your fucking job squads? You know what I mean? That's, that's what I do. I, is I it, work with, I work with the young guys and give them reps. Is it PA? PAW, PAW. Oh, I just the the uh, the the first potential theme for this week's show. The the title is "Good Times in Paw Paw." I like it. <laughs> good dude, I had some good times in Paw Paw because if I'm not mistaken, there was like a pizza place attached to the other side of the building of it. You know, and I'm sure they had a sponsorship deal with the wrestling company. <laughs> of course they did. They oh, of course they did. Absolutely. <laughs> Got to feed the boys, right? Yep, and the local CD store probably sold tickets. I don't even know if they had a CD store. He said an eight-track store. They had, they had also, some, they had some guy that was peddling records, like the guy that was handing me an actual records. Also appearing on the card was Morgus the Maniac, John Rambo, and former WWF World Tag Team Champion Head Shrinker Samu. <laughs> well, that that's, that explains it. Because it definitely was a Rambo show. And Samu only lived about, Jesus, I don't even, I'm not even sure if it was an hour up the road. 
like right there, kind of like in the Pennsylvania, Maryland line kind of deal. And I'm sure it wasn't a money thing. If I if I had to if I had to bet on what it was, it was probably like, all right, I got like a pound of weed for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's pretty much what I think that was. I don't think that was anything to do with like Samu going like, well, I'm a head shaker, you know, and John Rambo going, okay, well, how much do you do head shakers want? <laughs> what, the, yeah, what, what qualifies as head shrinker money? Yeah. I mean, are you Fatu? Are you uh, Tama? Uh, which one are you? Two months later, Chad regained the NWL Q- Cruiserweight Championship from hijinks in a no disqualification match in Martinsburg, West Virginia, but you didn't re- recover your tape. Oh, no, I never did, man. Not a, not like nothing against hijinks. I thought he was okay. He, you know, you know, I, I never would, I would never would have said, like, I don't want to work this guy. You know, mm-hmm. he was safe to work. Totally fine, especially if we're going to be like what second, third, or fourth match on the. You know what I mean? Right. What do you What do you want from us? <laughs> you know, what do you want us to do? The next month, Chad wrestled Morgus the Maniac at a Maryland Wrestling Alliance card in Glen Burnie. Oof. Morgus the Maniac. I always heard that guy was. I never. I've never seen him wrestle, but I always heard he was terrible. It's not terrible. He's just a fucking maniac. <laughs> Like he legitimately is. I love Maurice. That's his. That's his real name, Maurice. And I try to see him once a year because he's he's pretty up there, man. He's he's like a lot older than than people think that he is. Mm-hmm. And he was he was doing stupid shit like way before stupid shit was cool to do stupid shit. <laughs> and he was working with Cactus Jack in like '91 in Baltimore for one of our local companies. And I, I just knew that I wasn't working a Morgus match. I just wasn't. Because, you know, he would pretty much, he would eat you alive if you let him, you know? Mm-hmm. If you let him just go out there and just kill you, he's going to kill you. Just, you know, then you got to figure out, like, then it's like pulling teeth, and then it's not, like, working. You know what I mean? It's not working if I had to figure out, what the fuck am I going to do against this guy? Right. <laughs> like, now it's, like, UFC shit, right? Like, how the fuck do I get this guy off of me? Like, he's, like, he's, and then I loved his parents. Uh, uh, his, his parents are the ones that brought him to the ring in the straitjacket. Mm-hmm. Fucking fantastic people. Grace, fantastic woman. And they were all great people. But, yeah, Morgus, in my opinion, Morgus was just somebody that he just never, he never got it. He never got the business. You know what I mean? Right. Like how it was. And here's a funny fucking story. Uh, we were working for a show for, I think it was fucking Rambo. And um, Morgan shows up like an hour and a half late. And um, Rambo's like, where the fuck have you been? And um, Morgan said that he got pulled over because he, dro- he drove a truck. And I think he drove the truck to the building where we were wrestling at. Like a like, semi truck, like an eighteen wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant when he said he drove the truck, he was like hauling the ring. He's just driving a truck. He's driving like a semi, you know, like an eighteen wheeler thing. And then he told, he said that he got pulled over, like while he was going there, and um, he got stopped because when the when the cop, I walked to the to the the window thing, he blew a fucking joint. Smell like smoke in his face, and the guy asked him if he was like smoke. Are you smoking? And, and he's like, "What's it smell like?" And then and the cop was just. And then when the cop asked him to step outside of the car, and Morgan stood there, the cop said, "You know what? Never mind. Like this is not that important. That you know, you're driving down the road, and he's wearing his Bellevue Hospital scrubs that he wore in the ring." <laughs> And, and it looks like he's just been out of a mental institute. And then you're blowing smoke in a cop's face. And the cop just goes, never mind. It's one of those things the promotion wishes they had a camera there. We got This would be oh, great totally. to actually have on TV. Because there's no, there's no chance that I don't believe it. You know, I've, seen, I've been with Morgus. I've hung out with Morgus a million times. I used to go to, he used to have a party every year. I think I want like two years, three years. Um, and he's at a party and that like, there's very few people in Maryland wrestling that I still keep in contact with or that I actually want to still keep in contact with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like Morgus is one of them. Cause he's such a great guy. Just a great guy. Yeah. Morgus is, is fantastic. Are you still alive? 
Oh yeah, he's still alive. Chad also Chad also returned to the ECW arena after nearly a decade, whereas Chad Austin, he participated in a five-team <clears throat> Royal Rumble style tables elimination match at IWA Mid-South's Something to Prove show on June 11th. Okay. Substituting for Silas Young, he and Eric Priest were the first two entrants and were met by ROH students Davey Andrews and Shane Hagedorn. Both both Chad and Hagedorn's team were simultaneously eliminated when Eddie Kingston powerbombed Hagedorn onto an already prone Chad Austin through a table. So I had something to do with Eddie Kingston? I guess you did, according to your Wikipedia. Oh, I mean, there's no, I mean, there's no doubt that I totally could have done that, but I, I just can't think of where. I mean, what was the year? Two thousand four. Ah, well, two thousand two thousand four or two thousand five, one of the two, and it would have been IWA Mid South is Ian's promotion, isn't it? Yes, and he ran Philly. Yeah. Well, I don't fucking know. There was that time though in the mid two thousands where every fucking yeah, every, every promotion was run in the ECW arena. <laughs> everybody, yeah, everybody. That's why I. That's why I'm just confused. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I would go to the I would go to the ECW arena, especially like on a, um like on a Saturday, and they would have an afternoon show, and they would have like a matinee show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then they would have the main show, which would be avoided with Combat Zone. Is that what it would be? More than likely, yeah. So it'd be like it'd be a couple of jabroni shows underneath of it, Mitchell shows, and then they would have like the combat zone shows. So yeah, I would do that shit all the time. I, you know, you can get you could probably get three paydays. I'm sure I probably did because there's no chance that I'm going to work for these you know jabronis for absolutely nothing. Even though they'll try. <laughs> well, you know, you got you got you got to track them down. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not hard I, to chase Ian down though. I bet. Who? I said it's probably not hard to chase Ian down. I'm sure he gets winded pretty quick. No, he's not running. He's he he, he left a long time ago. He's trotting to the door. He, he, he left as soon as somebody said, "Oh, say can you see?" <laughs> he's waddling his ass out the door. Yep, and he grabbed the fucking till. Said, "Thanks for coming, people." The last sentence here on this paragraph. Later that year, Chad reunited with Dino Devine in Fort Meade Wrestling to defeat their old MCW rivals, the Holy Rollers, at the Fort Meade Armory Base in Odenton, Maryland on October 1st, 2005. Best fucking town we ever ran, man. Odenton was um, it was a military base. And they were basically bought shows. Mm-hmm. And... um. We still promoted the shows on top of them being bought. So it was still like, um, Jesus, 1,200, 1,500, you know, like it was a ridiculous amount of people there. Ridiculous for like the the venue because mm-hmm. it was like a tent. And for that type of town, I'm sure it was a, a, a what do I want to say, a, a lively crowd. Well, it was like a military crowd because, like I said, it was on like Fort Meade. Like, it was mm-hmm. a military base. So, it was a lot of military people there. Um, yeah, they were, like, totally responsive. They they just loved they just loved the fact that they had something to do, you know? Yeah. And, and we could have done anything. And they didn't know who any of us were, you know? But as long as we did our shit the way we were supposed to do our shit, then they would get behind us. And we, we had guys. We had, we had bones like, um, like Van Hammer there, you know, as our... Our, our heater. As your anchor, yeah. He, he was our name. Well, we can get you Van Hammer. Can't get you Van Vader. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We can get you Van Z-Bar. There's a guy nobody talks about anymore. You remember Van, him? Van Z-Bar. No. no, Z-Bar. Oh, Z-Bar. No, I don't. You don't know who he is? Uh-uh. What a piece of crap that guy was. A wrestler? I- he, he, I think he, I think he fancies himself. As well. <laughs> but this guy stunk. I mean, he he stunk on ice. He stunk on wheels. Oh, uh, he was brutal. And um, I remember I had a, it was it had to have been two thousand and four or five or something. Uh, it's when I had like him and um, the stupid backseat boys. 
in my car we were all like smoking and joking and stuff and my oh, my ex-girlfriend was in the car and all they were doing was racking on me and my girlfriend was like what the fuck are you guys doing ragging on him for like you know you're in his car <laughs> you know you're smoking his fucking weed you know you're safe and whatever and then i just remember i just i i got buck wild on uh z-bar like I knew I couldn't take out Trent Acid or Johnny or the other dude, but I knew I could fuck up Z-Bar. I just hopped over the back seat, just like start pummeling this guy, and all the doors opened. It was like get the, the fast times of Ridgemont High. Get the, get, the fuck, get, get the fuck out of my car, Zebra. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it was. You horse of a different color, fuck off. Hey, you're in my car, and you're making fun of me. Smoking my weed. That's what my, that's what my ex, what my girlfriend at the time said. You're in his car, smoking his weed, probably drinking his beer, and you're like trying to like kill him. You know, fuck Z Bar. <laughs> He's not even alive anymore. So fuck him again. What's he gonna do? I just heard a horn. Somebody just honked a horn for Z Bar. <laughs> it was his mom. <laughs> Memory Z-Bar of Z Bar Appreciation Day. That was Z Bar's mom. Z bar appreciation day here in Colgate. <laughs> Z bar's son, T bar, now wrestles in the WWE, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Dude, you should have you seen this fucking job fair that I went to. It was a fucking show. Bunch of Z bars and Mitchells hanging around. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, I didn't even want to apply for any of these places. Because I'm like, I don't want to be lumped in with you fucking rubes. Like, I'm, I'm just looking at them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I got like, I got, I mean, I had to tell, I had to justify the fact that I really didn't do anything to earn any money for Miss Jess today. So I had to get a whole bunch of literature, you know, yeah, from the job fair. So apparently I'm going to, I'm, I'm doing a, a case study for S, estrogen. They're going to test my estrogen and it's, uh, it requires, it requires four nights for me to stay in, in a hospital. Oh, I don't think it's a laughing matter. Yeah, and then uh, I got all kinds. Of, I got all kinds of stuff in the hop. Uh, Chad's gonna be. He's gonna learn how to weld. Gonna join the navy. It's when be- I think of when I think of a job fair, it's like there's like Rusty Brooks, fucking Barry Horowitz. The job, the job squad fair. <laughs> yeah, the job fair. It's like Rusty Brooks, Barry Horowitz. Nah, Wayne these Cole. people over there, they didn't want nothing to do with me. I grabbed their literature and I just, you know, I grabbed as much free swag as I. I got like a whole bunch of beer huggies in a day. <laughs> if, if these people want to get my attention over there, they know how to do it. Beer huggy of the day. That's how I. That's how I. I, I roll over there, and apparently I'm gonna I'm gonna get a, a CDL certified to drive a big Caterpillar forklift thing or whatever, uh, excavator, whatever they call it. The girl is like, you can do it in like 48 hours. <laughs> what? You gonna you're gonna teach me how to like move Earth in forty eight like, hours? In a big goddamn caterpillar thing in forty eight hours? Just tell her I have no I have no qualms putting over the big cat. I can do that. No, I mean, I, I mean, I know that uh, Dick the Bruiser was big in Indianapolis. Other than that, I really can't help you over here with your big caterpillar thing. But I can work. I can work the big cat. Just you know what that big? You know what that big cat's gonna do? Bury the Undertaker. Take the urn. Yeah, I'm gonna earn my money with the big cat, Ernie Ladd or Curtis Hughes. I would have loved to have worked Ernie Ladd. What do you think that would have looked like? You think I would have been Steve King? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I know I would have, but I mean, do you think I would have been as good as Steve King? He, he didn't he even know just, how to hit the ropes. He'd have just probably just been happy to be there working with Ernie Ladd. Is that part of the jobber requirement, or you don't really have to know how to hit the ropes? Like you know, you don't grab like we teach you how to like grab the rope. Just in case the rope breaks, so you have a firm grasp of the rope when you hit it. That's why you see always somebody grabbing with their right hand mm-hmm. when they hit the rope. And so it don't break. A lot of guys just they just hit it with their back. And I'm just thinking, are you fucking kidding me? I've seen it before. I've seen the ropes break, and guys go flying out in the in the second third row. Unbelievable. No, uh, I'm sorry, not November. December 27th, 1994. This is the last episode of ECW for the year 94. We're about to head into 1995. When I when I went to start watching the show, I almost thought, "Oh, it's just going to be some recap show." But no, ECW actually did a non-recap show. 
Um, Joey Styles introduces the show, and then Jason comes in. And I think this is the first time Joey ever said Jason gives him hives. Um, but Jason talks about the bad breed challenging the pit bulls for a match where the losers will have to split as a team forever. But that wasn't the first part about it. It was he had to bring out Santa. Oh, yeah, they recapped that stuff from last week. I forgot about that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm still trying to figure out if I exactly know who the hell Santa was. I think last week you said you thought it might have been one of the refs. I saw I, That's who I think it was, but after I watched it again, I'm thinking maybe it wasn't. It may have just been a hand. Yeah, I brought up Dino Sendoff as a possible Santa. But... No, it wasn't because that guy was way too tall. Okay. Yeah, that guy was way too tall to be Dino's baloney whatever his name is <laughs> well then we get a video that's um it's got the pit bulls it's, it's supposed to be a, tra- a pit bulls training video and they're outside um they've got chains there's cars there's a dumpster i think there's a fire in the dumpster and they're just screaming at us are the pit bulls and clanging their chains on the top of automobiles it was fucking trash um it's but um Jason said creatively, this is what he said. He said, take a look at this video that I've entitled The Training of the Pitbulls. Okay. What a creative title, Jason. And then two skanks say, welcome to the pit. And then it go, they, they follow, the camera follows the skanks into this fucking dumpster or whatever. And it's the Pitbulls cutting a terrible promo generic is a motherfucker it's fucking terrible and it makes the fucking public enemy promos look like dusty Rhodes or jake roberts <laughs> good lord like i thought there's nothing that can be worse than a fucking public enemy promo until i watch this fucking pitbull promo it's fucking trash well why do you think that they um originally put on with jason or eventually put on with Jason just because Paul realized they can't talk. And <laughs> yes. then Anthony, Anthony, I mean, I don't know the, I don't know the whole story. I just know that it wasn't good. Like the fallout wasn't good between Paul, Anthony and, and um, Gary over what the problem was, but I just know it wasn't good, but Anthony was the star, right? Yeah. And he's in the background of it. And, and, and them as a team, I'm not knocking them as a team, but this fucking thing, if this is the way you're trying to introduce the fucking pit bulls, it, it was bad. Was the bad breed too? Or was it earlier? Or That's later happen? on. Oof. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying as the promo wise, if this is your if this is you trying to give that pit bulls gimmick a fucking if you're trying to give this legs and trying to get them over, it's it's what you're doing right now. Right, right. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's stupid. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it makes. I mean, I mean, what? How many? All right, let's be honest here. How many takes do you think that took? <laughs> Probably. Uh, Christ, that had to be one take because it was so bad. There's no way that that was a fourth take. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, do you really? Seriously, think that. Like, if that's the case, then eventually they got to like take eight, and they were like, "Fuck it, we just got to go with this one. This is taking too long." Yeah, I don't is think that- Paul. I don't think Paul's going to sit through. I don't think Paul's going to do eight. Um, just from my experience alone, it seems like sometime around th- four is probably when it's going to be like, "All right, that's enough. That's it." Yeah, you know, you, you one, ain't getting it. That one's got to be the one. <laughs> I never did it. Like, even the promos that I did for Paul, like, I, I always did one take. I just couldn't do, like, for me personally, I just couldn't, like, um, really do what he wanted me to say. I couldn't say it. I had to say what I wanted to say. You know what I mean? You had to kind of, like, tell me what I'm doing and let me just say it. Because I'm going to go out there and I'm going to freeze. I just know me. So so as a, as a when you're cutting pro, when you were cutting promos for him, he was micromanaging it like that. Like oh totally. Oh, wow, I did not expect that. Like it's it's like it's like Vince McMahon, you know. Like well, it was it was micromanaging for guys like me. I mean, there's no way he's telling Raven or Cactus. 
streamer, or, you know, or cat. Yeah, right. There's no way he's telling them fucking bones like what to do. But you know, he's trying to tell us because he's trying. He knows he sees what he sees in us that we don't see yet. Mm-hmm. So we're we're just trying to be part of the you know huh? whatever you want, man. I don't know any better. How do I know? Well, the next thing on this show. Um... Joey talks more about Stevie Richards and him idolizing Johnny Polo, Johnny Hot Body, blah, 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 or Johnny the Body, Scotty the Body, sorry. Um, regardless, last week he wrestled as Stevie Flamingo. This week he's wrestling as Stevie the Body, and it's Stevie Richards against J.T. Smith. Lucky us. I mean, what, what are we going to do here? I mean, what the fuck? My only my only real notes about the match was it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. The it was crowd, all right. The crowd chanting "You still suck, suck at Stevie," um, and Joey kind of dogging Scotty Flamingo throughout the match because obviously um, we're going to get the advent of Raven here soon. But Aaron, your comments on this matchup? Um, the only real note I have is that um, very shitty spin kick that JT Smith hit on to Stevie. And I don't know if it was his fault or Stevie's fault, but it it looked terrible in the corner. If I, if I had to guess, um, Steve, it was all JT because JT was just, just not, he was sloppy, you know, not, not the worst knock against the guy. You know what I mean? But he was, he tried to do stuff that he really, you know, couldn't Mm -hmm. do. Yeah, the only reason I thought it might have been Stevie's fault is maybe he got too close when JT was trying to hit it. But yeah, that's the only note I got is that that corner shit he tried to do with that kick and then the spin kick looked really bad. <laughs> yeah, JT. Well, I mean, that's where he got the whole um, where he got all his his gimmick was basically based upon the fact that he was that he was clumsy, right? Yeah, and and the funny thing about it is. Regardless of how sloppy he is, or what have you, he just for some reason that crowd loves him. He's over with the ECW crowd. He's a Philadelphia guy, man. Mm-hmm. He's a Philly dude. He lives in Philly. He's from Philly, and he was there before ECW was ECW. You know, and I just watched was, it. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just saying them them rubes that saw him for years. You know, going through there, and they just they knew who he was. And he was just, he was like their guy, kind of like Sandman was their guy. Mm-hmm. Cause they saw that fucking bone too. I was watching know? a, I was watching a shoot interview with Todd Gordon and he talked about why he, um, um, kept JT around. And he said there was some show where they made like no fucking money and he went to like pay JT and JT ripped up the check and said, oh man. You didn't make any money. You don't owe me anything. After that, I was just like, oh, this is a good stand-up guy. We're going to keep him around. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, that's that's a cool thing to do. I'm not sure that I've done it, um, but I've probably had had work shows where there was no people there, and I either got a paycheck with, um, you know, $5 in it or nothing in it, and I just didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I going to say? You didn't make any money. Yeah. You know? yeah. How am walk. I going to hold you up? For- yeah, I was going to say, walk up to the guy and be like, what are you going to sell to pay me tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Todd, it's basically, Todd said that everybody else is bitching about the payoff, and JT was the guy that was just like, you don't owe me anything. You didn't make anything, so it's okay. Right. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I'm sure JT only lived a few blocks away in Billy. But, you know, that's cool. And on top of that, at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, the promoter's the promoter, and the promoter's supposed to pay the wrestler, but if the wrestlers on the card don't draw anybody to come see the card, then they probably don't deserve to get paid. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to say, that, you know what I mean, that they didn't do their, their work or whatever, but the goal is to draw people in to watch you wrestle, right? Well, they might want to rethink their um, promotional skills. And touche, touche. <laughs> I mean, what do you, what have you done? I mean, was the posters? Was it, you know? I mean, what did they do? There's there's shitty TV. Did you go on John Arezzi's radio show. Good look. Well, up next on this show, we have, uh, and I don't, 
I didn't write any notes down on it. I guess I was being lazy. Gabe Sapolsky has the bad breed on the ECW hotline, and I wrote nothing down about their promo on the hotline. I know they're yes. discussing the match with, uh, you know, the the match with uh, Pitbulls where the losing team has to break up. Yeah, well, that's that, I mean, that was the writing on the wall for Ian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not even the bad breed. It's just Axel. Yeah, pretty much. Because... I mean, who do you think Paul was talking to out of the two fucking rottens? The was talented he dealing with one? Ian? He wasn't dealing with Ian. The next thing on the show is uh, Chad Austin. All right, what am I doing? There is supposed to be an Extreme Warfare Battle Royal, which is essentially like a Royal Rumble here, apparently. But to start it off, Chad is out in the ring cutting a promo, talking, I believe, I, I couldn't make it out because they didn't really do the audio well. But something to the effect of the fact that you're moving to Atlanta, and the greatest wrestling promotion is on WTBS, and it's World Championship Wrestling. Yeah, because I must have just worked for them. And you were wearing an NWA t-shirt. Yep. And no, it you- wasn't even NWA. It was NWF. I don't even. It was some shitty company that somebody sent me the shirt. Wow. And it was it was like a medium, like an NWA. It was a medium. Yeah, it was tiny as shit. I still have it. Why? When do you guys want it? It's a piece of wrestling history. I'll, I'll sign it. Yeah, I can't remember whose company it was, but I'm sure I got it at a convention, you know, in like 90, 91 or something like that. I'm sure I did. Because, you know, I don't remember working there. Or maybe I did and I just don't fucking know. The fuck you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, knowledge kind of isn't like my, uh, you know, remembering isn't kind of what I do anymore. The, uh, the the promo gets heat from the crowd. And, you know, in the ultimate heat-getting thing, um, all the wrestlers come out of the locker room and beat Chad up and throw him out of the ring, eliminating him, I believe, from the, from the Battle Royal, essentially. Yeah, and this wasn't, this wasn't ECW. Or this wasn't the ECW arena. I think this was... Was this in Florida? No, it was... Uh, no, it they was, haven't uh, been to Florida yet. It was Harrisburg. Harrisburg, whatever it is. I'm pretty sure it was. Why? It didn't didn't seem like Hambone or whatever it was? No, it definitely didn't look like the ECW arena for sure. I know it wasn't ECW. That's just why I was curious if it was if they had No, been. it wasn't it that was not the arena. That wasn't the arena. I, I think that was the maybe it was the um Allentown, the agriculture. It was somewhere up there in Pennsylvania. That's all I can that's all I can remember about it. Well, then they show us highlights of this extreme, extreme rumble or extreme, what is it? Extreme battle royal. Extreme warfare. Extreme warfare. What the fuck ever. Um, oh, don't misplace it. But the uh, the highlights are good. And and my notes, one of my notes is it pretty much they did the thing, the good thing you're supposed to do with something like this where all of the big stars got a showcase of some sort during the match. And that's the point, right? All right. Do you have those people wrote down? No. So you're being lazy. Yes. All right. These are the people that were in the extreme warfare. Uh, oh, good Lord. Chad Austin. Uh-huh. The tag team of Bad Breed. The oh, tag team Lord. of Pitbulls, Hack Myers, Sandman, Tommy Cairo, Cactus Jack, Tommy Dreamer, the tag team of Public Enemy, Mikey Whipwreck, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko and Ron Simmons. Well, some tells me I didn't last too long in that one. Oh, you went out first. Oh, I was. Oh, no, no shit. <laughs> I can't imagine that. You're the only one that got a fresh hot dog. <laughs> Sorry, you were like the black guy in the horror movie. <laughs> first I'm one gone, out, buddy. Writing's on the wall. <laughs> yep. There you go. I'm, look, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at the before the guy rings the bell. I'm looking around, and going, "All right, I know where this is going." But at least you got the Heat Seeker promo to start the thing. Oh, I did? Yeah, talking about WCW and getting the people to boo you and then getting unceremoniously eliminated by everybody. Oh, all right, well, it was... A, and it then was, the match started. It, it, then it was, an, it was just an angle. Then. All right, that's fine. Yeah, you're yeah, the it only served a purpose. You're one of the yeah, only... I'll take that. It was an angle. angle. You're, the, you're one of the only three guys that got an angle. All right, well, I mean... Paul liked me, I guess. I don't I don't have no idea, honestly. Seriously. What was well, I doing there? 
Ron, Ron Simmons winds up winning this deal by eliminating Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko. And then they attack him after the battle Royal. Um, did they, and Aaron, again, I was being lazy. <laughs> was this, they didn't mention, this wasn't like for a title shot or anything, was it? That I caught? Um, um, oof. You know, it may have been at the arena advertises that, but how did it end up? I think they were. I think they were putting over that whoever won this extreme warfare thing was going to get a shot at Shane, but it wasn't. That makes sense. I mean, I can see that. It wasn't discussed a lot. What Mm -hmm. basically what this thing was used for was mainly to get over the fact that Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko were forming a partnership. All right. Shooter, shooter shit, whatever. All right. I can see that. Because Joey was talking about how um, things have started putting Benoit and Malenko together. And then he's talking about like, oh, this weird partnership between these two. What's this all about? And they're basically rolling into um, Benoit Malenko being with Shane. But they haven't got there yet, and they're gonna get there eventually. But that—that's what this is. It's the—it's the start of that. I'm just glad I was there to—I mean, that to be there for the. I guess you say with what the United States introduction of Demonico. I mean, who knew him before that? You know. Yeah, people in Tampa. I mean, I, I have some of that stuff from where he worked down there with his brother Joe, and it's not good. Joe? No offense no offense to them, because they were probably young. But yeah, it wasn't good. And um, I was like, dude, this guy is really good. I got some, like, what, 94 Jacob stuff? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it even that or 95? Aaron might disagree with me. I don't know, because I guess, I know Aaron's a big fan of, of Dean, I guess we've never talked about Joe. Two brothers that to me are complete opposites. Joe never did anything that impressed me. No, he never done anything, anything, like anything, anything. I won't disagree. I think Joe was a fundamentally sound wrestler, but he wasn't. He wasn't near the level of his brother. Yeah, he was boring. Yeah. Even more boring than Dean. But Dean. Dean, as a promo or whatever, as a personality, was boring, but his fucking moves and being able to work and shit. Oh, as fluid as he was? Fluid as fuck. Absolutely, man. That guy could flow, dude. I mean, he could flow, and he had that gimmick on his neck, right? I mean, where he he had a broken neck. Mm -hmm. And he's I don't know if anybody's ever seen him or not, but he's got a scar that runs down from his back of his hairline all the way down to his back from where he had neck surgery. And I saw it and I was just like, doof. That's why he always looks weird when he turns around because he's got to turn his body around, not his head. And, and and Dean's like a short guy. I'm not knocking him for it because I'm a short guy too, but Dean's like a short guy. But that, that fucking drop kick, like he hits it in this match that he hits. One of the best goddamn drop kicks I've ever seen any wrestler hit. It's honestly. explosive. Yeah. Like he he literally throws the guy in and then it's a timing thing where you got one, two, I'm gonna throw the drop kick, but he throws it like on one. And he yes, yeah, he that he throws it on one and he extends his legs. Yeah, the guy you know, he, he's like it. he like starts almost I mean it's not as as close as being kneeling, but he starts almost in the air in a kneeling position and thrusts yeah. his feet in yeah. your chest. Like, I, like there's not a lot of wrestlers that I'll say this about, but I've never really seen Dean Malenko have a bad match with anybody. Like he's a guy that if you put him in the fucking ring with somebody, it doesn't matter who he's in the ring with. Oh, don't challenge me on that one because I can probably find you. <laughs> I'm sure you probably could, but I'm just saying me personally, he's one of my, he, he's like, oh, this might be stupid to say, but he's in my top 10 favorite wrestlers of all time. I fucking he's a great him. guy, man. Totally cool. I had no problem with him at all. Um, I can't, I mean, if, if it's a favorite wrestler, then I definitely can't argue with that. That's a favorite thing of yours. 
Um, greatest wrestler, probably not top ten, but you know, he's a fucking artist in my opinion. That dude's fucking great. Totally is, but if, I mean, you know, if, if you're just talking favorite of yours, then that's totally fine. But you, you know, he's not a top ten of the greatest of all time. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of rooms to fill there. Speaking of guys that are far from the greatest of all time, our next segment is Public Enemy cutting a promo in New York City at the Times Square. They're talking about coming up January 7th, there's going to be a match where Taz, Sabu, and 911 will go three on four against the Public Enemy, Dean Malenko, and Chris Benoit. And um, it's a Public Enemy promo. What can you say? How does that make any sense? Uh, all right, who's the who's the heels? Public Enemy? I guess Public Enemy, Malenko, and Benoit would be the heels in that situation against Taz, Sabu, and 911. But it's ECW, ECW, so the lines are blurred. But in the ECW situation, they're the heels. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what's going on over at this point. They're just, <laughs> I mean, they're just doing promos and just putting matches together. Uh, it just, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Public Enemy to me is like. What are they? Are they the glue of the whole entire company right now? Because Sabu's still on hold, you know? So Public Enemy's got to be the glue of the company, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Public Enemy or... Unfortunately. Or, yeah, I was going to say either Public Enemy or I guess Shane, but Shane's the champion and you don't... And like I've said before, you don't even see him as much as you see these guys. Public Enemy are the only act that are on this show every single week. Every week. All right. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Like, Public Enemy's holding the fort down, right? Until, what, something happens? Until Raven shows up. Oh, okay. I mean, are we close to that? Where are we at? Yeah, I think we're within a couple of weeks now. We're we're one episode away from Raven showing up. Ooh, lucky us. (laughs) Can't wait. Well, then most, it's kind of the same thing going on here. Paulie cuts a promo about Malenko Benoit and Public Enemy. So that's your uh, your big match for the January 7th show coming up. But next we get what I thought was a, actually a really good match. Dean Malenko against Ray Odyssey for the TV title. Love me some Ray Odyssey, man. Me too. <laughs> I agree. I, I mean, um, if I had to if I had to guess why he didn't work out in ECW, it was probably because of politics. And that's probably simply that's probably as simple as I can put it, because he he was a Dennis Carluzzo guy, mm-hmm. and you know how Paulie feels about Dennis Carluzzo, and he was not going to give you know uh, you know he wasn't going to he wasn't going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. This, it wasn't going to happen because you know when they they were working together pseudo at the time it was probably more along the lines of they were off working together at this point that you know they weren't working together mm-hmm. and so it was like all right well screw him then you know and Ray Odyssey suffered and I that's as he was great fit yeah and that's a sh- I was going to about to say that's a shame too because he really could have he really as the product grows and moves on he could have added. He could have added a lot to it, you know, from a wrestling standpoint. And you know, at the when you get to the point, you can't even argue the surfer gimmick wouldn't work because fuck. At some point, we have an Amish guy. That's, you know what I mean? I mean, you can you can work it in somehow. Wasn't he also a chicken fucker? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ray Odyssey wasn't a chicken fucker. No, no. I don't. I don't think Ray Odyssey fucked chickens, but I think the Amish guy did. <laughs> yeah. Ray Odyssey to me um, could have been, and and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but he could have been like, um, like an Eric Embry type heel. Oof, I don't know. I don't see that. I think him. I, I think him as a, just an underneath baby face, like just a guy mid card, you know, right above. You know, if, if, he, if he goes into the locker room and he looks for help, and he can't get Hogan. Uh, he can't get savage. He gets special delivery Jones. He'll come and help you. All right, there you go. That's who I got. That's who I picture Ray has. I just think of him as like a chicken shit heel type character. Why? I don't understand. Because and he's a surfer, so he's like he's a stoner gimmick. If you, if you take the surfer gimmick off of him, I'm just saying as as his build and 
the way he's sold and everything like that. I just I look at him as like a character that he he's a mid card chicken shit heel, and I'm not saying that I don't like him, but that's just where I'd put him. All right, uh, I mean, I I, I can do. De- I mean, you guys are in the, basically in, the, in Ohio, the Midwest. You know anything about surfing? No, no, no. No. All right. Well, I would. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go into the ocean to surf. They live in Ohio. That's what I just said, Jess. They live in Ohio. They don't know anything about surfing. You couldn't. You couldn't get me to. No, absolutely. I'll plead the ignorance. I'm not not going in the ocean. You couldn't get me to step in the ocean. You can. You can get me. You can get me to step in the ocean for five hundred bucks. Yeah. We're going to the ocean tomorrow, right? Fucking right! I'm gonna get in that bitch in a hurricane. Yeah, well, hey, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hurricane, and we're gonna get Something's in that gonna bitch. sting you. What is gonna sting you? Something. Something's gonna sting me. The fuck are you guys watching the Discovery Channel too fucking much over there and shit? Like I'm really gonna sting like, you over there. Like like they say, if a jellyfish stings you, like a jellyfish. Do you guys have jellyfish there? Yeah, it's like getting stung by a bee. Yeah. But they say you gotta piss on it to heal it. You don't gotta piss on it. You rub sandals. Or you just no sell it. Right. Well, oh. I'll take your word for it because I'm always worried about if I go in the ocean and say one of those things stinging me in the face. What the fuck are you doing? Scuba diving? I'm just saying, if I got stung in the face by a jellyfish, I'd just be like, let me die. I don't anybody. It doesn't hurt that bad. <laughs> they say it, it kills I'm, not, I'm, I'm not even I'm not even scared of jellyfish. I'm just not going in the nasty ass ocean. What do you mean? All the bottles and cans that are floating up and the spare tires? I mean, I'll, 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 just, I'll just go in my nice chlorinated water. That's fine. I mean, are you are you <laughs> not looking for a spare tire? Just send me the sizes. I'm not, I'll grab I'll grab going in the fucking ocean. I'm getting I'm getting all the residual fucking trash from whatever's going on in Europe. We used to we we were we grew up we were right on Lake Erie, and I would go to the lake with my friends. And they're like, "Get in, get in!" I'm like, "Oh yeah, let me just step in this huge mud puddle and walk around." That's that's fun. No, yeah, not for I'm me. Not get, I'm not getting in the goddamn ocean. Well, we've got in, in the goddamn ocean. They said clearly, you guys are wrong. I mean, the ocean's great fun. Bodies, you don't get in the ocean either. I know. But I didn't got to tell them. I ain't getting stung in the face by a jellyfish. Oh my somebody's god! Got to, or somebody's got to piss on my face to save me. <laughs> <laughs> Only R. Kelly can save you now. It's like just let me die. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Our, Aaron's like laying on the on the beach, and R. Kelly's got my mind's telling me no. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you come out of it. And you're like, okay, you're you're healthy now. <laughs> what happened? But now our Kelly spit no, just on it, your well, face. Well, you no, like that the rest of your you, life. If you got stung in your face by a jellyfish, you're like, okay, I'm I'm good now. I thought that was gonna kill me. I'm like, well, what happened? Be like, well, uh, Chad and Nate pissed on your face. Like, <laughs> I can't look at them. Forty-five now. years, I've never been stung by a jellyfish in the face. Because you never went in the water. I always go in the ocean. You don't go in the ocean. I do go in the ocean. Oh, she apparently you don't. You don't go face deep. No, you don't. Know, that shit's gonna happen. It it's, would a happen time, it's a couple times. It's a couple times. It would fucking a happen to me. The first time I would go face deep into the ocean, I would get stung in the face by a jellyfish, and they would say, "The only thing we can do to help you is for your friends around you to piss in your fucking face." And then I'd have die. to die. I would yeah, fucking enough of that. I would just say, "Let me die." No, I would probably say, "Can we find some strangers to maybe do it?" I'd rather have a stranger piss in my face. Of course, I would. That way, I you know, <laughs> it's like getting like getting blood. People, you know, there's I mean? people that pay good money for that. Yeah. yeah, it's like getting blood from a blood bank. Whatever, you don't know who the donor is. I mean, who, somebody's going to piss on me. I don't want to know who the, who the guy is. Have at it. Big urine stream. All right. I'll, 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 just, I'll just lay here and make fucking angels in the beach while you piss on me. <laughs> so that's not true? I don't fucking know. No, it's, a, it's like a wives' tale. It's not like, it's not like the, it's not the. Oh, it's, it's a wives' tale? Yes. 
It's not completely false. It just doesn't help as much. So it's as like you when you get like an earache and your mom blows smoke in your ear. Right. Puts a cotton ball in there. Or when you try to go to the liquor store with no money and the guy hits you with a sack full of um, a pillowcase full of beer cans. What the fuck are you talking? About? Because I tried to I tried to roll out of the liquor store the other day with no money. I got, I got hit in the back of the head with the, the sack of cans. That's just robbery. I know. I mean, <laughs> the guy didn't have to assault me. <laughs> he he could have easily just reported me, or you know. Or barred me, or you know, or he, you know, yelled some expletives at me, like something similar. He didn't have to go fucking chasing me. And he's got a fucking sack full of cans behind the counter. My mind's blown now. I always thought that if you got stuck by a, gelly, a jellyfish, somebody had to pee on you, you'd die. But Miss Jess says that's a fucking wives' tale. That's a wives' tale. Nah, you'll be alright. You get stung, you just die. Them fucking jellyfish suck too, man. They just sit out there and they just fucking float around like Tommy Cairo. People just... (laughs) (laughs) They're just hanging around. People just piss on you and you die. You don't even live. Yeah, I mean, they don't do shit out there. They're just just dicking around. They're just a piss-covered corpse after that. <laughs> Fucking laying on the beach with all kinds of burns on me. Because <laughs> these Portuguese fucking jabronis of war. Aldo Montoya shit on me. I'm still going to die. Fuck yeah. My, my leg's all red. <laughs> well, the main event of the CCW show. Chris, Chris Benoit. is acting up? <laughs> Aldo Phlebitis. <laughs> my Phlebitis is acting up. <laughs> Aldo Phlebitis. <laughs> Benoit, Chris Benoit against Hack Myers, <laughs> our main event here. <laughs> this is a showcase for Benoit, but Hack Myers gets some offense. Um, but yeah, this is this, this match is essentially just a showcase for Benoit because he gets a suplex on Hack. Hack sells the neck. Um, I love I yeah. love what they're doing with with Chris, man. I think this is tremendous. This is a this is a very solid build, right? Like he's working all the fucking um, you know, the younger guys. The, the ECW guys, you know, the Mies, the Hacks, you know, he's working them guys, so he's getting acclimated. So the the people in the in the crowd can, you know, they know what he does because, you know, me and Hack are going to do whatever he wants to do, you know. Well, We're it's it's, take- all, it's also very different from from I, I, I I'm trying to think how I want to word this. You guys tell me if I sound like I'm an idiot, but normally in wrestling, if you're building a monster heel. He's big, but they're kind of building a monster heel in Benoit, and it doesn't matter his size because he's dangerous. Yes, he's dangerous. Like you know, that's why they started the whole deal where he's injuring people. Because you know, nobody's going to be really legitimately. I mean, I mean, I don't know about you or me, but he's still in pretty good shape. That if I saw him in a bar, I ain't gonna fuck with him anyway. Yeah, gonna kick my oh, ass yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, ninety four Benoit was like a fucking fire hydrant. Like he was. But yeah, they 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 just they set him up for the people already knew he was a bad dude, knew that he could work. I mean, that's the that's the best thing is that they knew that he could go, Mm -hmm. and they could just they could just feed him, you know, one you know one bone after another. They could just feed him, and then he can go out there and carry him. Like look at what he did with me. I'm still on the open for Christ's sake. Well, they put uh, they put. Hack on a, on a stretcher here, but D. Malenko comes out and knocks over the stretcher. Um, and then Chris Benoit calls out Sabu. Sabu and Taz arrive on the scene. Public Enemy arrive to attack Taz and Sabu. So essentially we just get chaos promoting the uh, the match that's coming up on January the 7th with those seven guys in it. And I thought this was an effective segment. It got everybody over to, you know, you got you're telling a story here. You're getting everybody over to where there's sh- way there should be on the card and telling the story to the crowd. Yep. You're using your TV product as a vehicle. 
that you're going to build to the next house show, that you're going to make enough money that you're going to pay for the next week's TV. <laughs> right. I mean, essentially they're not making, they're not making money hand over fist there. You know, they have to do good product, put on good production for the best they can do. And, 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 then, and, ho- and hoping Todd Gordon can sell some canoes and watches at the pawn shop this week. Canoes? Watches? I don't know he sold canoes. What kind of canoes does he sell? Jess, are we looking for a canoe? I thought he went to the flea market yesterday and you said you were interested in a canoe. No? No, we're not looking for a canoe. Aaron, your your thoughts on this final segment on this week's show? Um, the It was actually the second to final segment on the show. Well, yeah. It was, it was effective. And it got all the principles that they're going into with their next big show out there. And <laughs> their next big show out there. And you, Rod Trongard. Yeah. Do you know where the show's at? The next big show out there. We are out there. I'm Rod <laughs> Trongard. We're out there. There's a, there's a big show out there. Good. But yeah, I thought it, I, I thought it was effective, and it was kind of cool to see a ECW brawl at the end of the show. Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, it's ECW, man. You know, what do you want? I was yeah. already gone by then, so I don't know. <laughs> of course, as Aaron alluded to, that was not the final segment of the show. The end of the show actually has a tribute to Art Barr, who had recently passed away. I thought that was the beginning of the, the next show. No, this was, that was the end of this show. Oh, no shit. I, I cut it off right after I saw his face because I thought it was the beginning of the next show. All right, go ahead then. I mean, I've seen it, so go ahead. Well, just, it was, uh, I, I don't remember the quote they put up there, but um, it was just a tribute to Arch, Art Bar. I said almost said Arch Bar, like Archie Mitchell. It was oh, a tribute Lord. to Archie Mitchell. It was, an art, it was a tribute to Art Bar <laughs> at the end of the show. Where was that promo from? Does anybody know? Uh, yeah, I do know. Um, holy mackerel! You Let me think about it. I, I want to say it. It was from. Um, it was from totally a B town, or may even possibly have been a C town <laughs> for ECW. Because if you're going to bring in Eddie Guerrero and you're going to bring in, um, what whatever we were. T- we're talking about then then you're gonna you're you're gonna run more than one show you know what i mean and they probably ran the three-day weekend festival of love where they did the you know i brought it up before where they ran the cowboy rodeo and all that stuff but yeah they probably did something like that sorry chad i I was gonna ask if chad had any interaction with art bar at all no no i mean i mean if anything, it was just, hey, man, you know, nice to meet you, you kind of thing. I didn't even know why I would even want to be talking to him, you know, to tell you the truth, because I didn't know anything about his little deal going on, or I didn't know anything about his problems or, you know, none of that shit. I just knew he was just there for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else. Hey, buddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that being said, guys, overall, I th- I thought this show was good. I actually gave it a C plus. Um, I enjoyed this one. Yeah, halfway decent. That's a C plus, right? Yeah, I'd say the same. Halfway decent. A minus. What was an A minus? Our show. No, we were good. Fuck it. The jellyfish conversation was great. <laughs> that being said, everybody, find us on the social medias if you want to. We're on Facebook at Reliving the Extreme, um, the We Can't Wrestle <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> this fucking this shit's gotten to the point where we can't even talk about fucking the pro wrestling show for an hour. We gotta talk about jellyfish. <laughs> Fuck. He <laughs> <It's> said <a> jellyfish. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I'm gonna remember going to bed was jellyfish. <laughs> What's the matter with you? <laughs> Marry you two, you you, 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 get you guys too. Marry you two and her too. <laughs> Marry all three of you two. <laughs>